Welcome to the Town Brothers Podcast Experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talon Brothers Podcast. With me today is the usual cast of characters. Hello, welcome in, welcome in. Let's uh, let's let the fun begin. Haven't watched some movies in a min. My name is Nick Talon. It's good to see you all. It's good to talk with you all, and it's good to have a million listeners tune in to watch us every week. And yeah, listen. little known fact, we actually hit the milestone last week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. <laughs> One million concurrent listeners. <laughs> Pretty insane numbers. Check us out on Twitch. Just kidding. All right, who else is with us today? Nathan Robert Talon. That's my middle name. Go ahead. <laughs> it's your good friend, Tyler. Once again, still haven't quite figured out how to follow up Nick's uh, introductions, so there's no just skip me. Yeah, there's no <laughs> chance. It feels good every time you say that because it means I'm better than you. Uh, we got a good show for you today. Uh, we're talking some movie news, got some trailers to touch on, and the topic of the show is the hit Pixar sequel, Toy Story 4. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. First things first, I'm going to start off with Paul Rudd joining... Um, the Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters in 2020. Wow, huge news, Nate. I am personally excited. I like Paul Rudd. My favorite film of his is I Love You, Man, Slap It a Bass. And I'm excited to see him take on this role because I just watched the original Ghostbusters actually recently. I think probably since our last podcast. It was about three months ago. Um, well, yeah, you. this is your first this podcast. This is my first movie on. pod in a while. But I watched the original Ghostbusters at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. It was kind of cool experience seeing Denver right over the screen. And um, really liked the movie. Uh, wasn't one of my favorites of all time, but I get it. That's what I have to say. I get it. So uh, to see Paul Rudd in this role, I think he fits right in, right? Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's, I agree. A, it's a perfect fit for him. Um, I hope they don't keep casting a bunch of young people because then I feel like that's going to take away from the fact that I thought it was about the original guys and it's their movie and not their movie introducing new young people. See, what I thought it was going to be, what I heard is that it was about kids. Oh, boy. Like kids taking the reins. So that's why I don't know if Paul Rudd's going to be a Ghostbuster or if he's going to be the dad of one of these kids or something like that. I was hoping his role would be what Chris Hemsworth was in the female like Ghostbusters and he's like their secretary be awesome. for the old dudes. That'd that's per- awesome. that would be hilarious. Yeah, I be haven't awesome. seen the but new one. That's not going to be. Did it. you Nate, see have the you new seen one? it? No. No. Nay, no. have you? I've uh, seen part I've honestly on I've seen more scenes than I thought I would ever see from it. Like I saw a scene in like What is so what does that mean? Like I've I've seen scenes of it. Okay. Like full scenes. Wow. That's but good, I haven't man. seen the movie. No, it's yeah, not I haven't good. seen a second that's not part of the trailers. So I don't even think I saw the trailers. I know <laughs> the cast brief, like I think. Do you know who ends up being the villain? Oh, isn't it? Um, uh, I like her on SNL. Nope, Chris Hemsworth's the villain in the movie. He gets possessed by a ghost. Oh, wait, oh really? Well, who's the cast? It's um, Leslie, Leslie Jones. She becomes gets possessed. Who's, uh, at who's one Kristen Wiig and Melissa Kate McCarthy? McKinnon. I like Kate, Kate McKinnon. And Kate Is McKinnon, she, right? Funny it, are there four of them? I thought it was just three. Have you seen Ghostbusters? I've never seen any Ghostbusters movie. There's four. Oh, okay. You haven't seen the first one? That would be included in any of them, yeah. It's pretty good. I like. I haven't um, seen the second one. I like the, the neighbor in the original who is played by um, – he's kind of shorter, has glasses. He's in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, Harold Ramis? No. Yeah. Rick Moranis. Rick, Rick Moranis. Is that yeah. who it is? 
little shop of horrors space balls yep yep i i really like him in the movie he plays an accountant who's in love with sigourney weaver and he's like uh her neighbor in the apartment building i've seen it and yeah and i love when he uh has a party and he only invites clients over he's an accountant so he can write off the whole party on his taxes and when people enter the party he tells people what they're paying on their mortgage it's great (laughs) it's really great Uh, um Here's the thing, though. You want to hear something sad about Rick Moranis? Yeah, retired. It, yeah, he hasn't been in movies in a while because he's uh, taking care of his family because his wife died. That's too bad. But yeah, what he's a good guy. He's a good actor, though. So I, I'm kind of sad because I'd wish I'd see him in more stuff. Because you got that whole slew of movies that he was doing back in the day. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how Paul Rudd meshes. I, the most interesting thing about this is it's literally the son of the original director directing this movie, which is pretty cool. We'll see I don't goes. know if that adds anything for me. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Um, Those Who Wish Me Dead, the next Taylor Sheridan movie oh starring Nicholas Holt. Um, oh, my gosh. Some, Sold. Uh, Littlefinger. Oh. And someone else. What is his name? Aiden, Aiden Glenn. Glenn. Yep. Ian Glenn. Nope. Nope. Um, nope that's, but uh, it gets it the wind. The, it gets stop. Ben Richardson, the Wind River cinematographer. Oh, excellent! So it's shaping up to just be a re. I, you know what? <laughs> reunion it, of all the Taylor Sheridan. When I heard that name, it it brought me joy, and I'll tell you why. I'll break it down for you. I think that Taylor Sheridan is one of my favorite directors right now. He's, and he's only one directed movie. one movie, but based off the story he, story he tells, based off his writing and how much I loved Wind River, I think. He may be one of my favorite directors right now. We'll see how it turns out. What's it called? Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Is it in the snowy mountains or in the desert? What's your guess? I think it may be the desert, and I think it's about someone getting hunted down by someone else. Oh, my I'm God. A thousand percent sold. <laughs> now, who is going to be doing the score for it? I don't know. Well, Nate, you're the host. <laughs> Angelina it's Angelina Jolie. Oh, my God. Nicholas Holt, John yep. Bernthal, Aiden oh Gillen. Here we go. Ready for this one? Tyler Perry. What? Oh, well, he's really good in Gone Girl. A teenage murder witness, uh, a teenage murder witness, finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness, with a survival expert tasked with protecting him. I'm there opening and, night. And a forest fire threatening to consume them all. Um, and Dude, I'm, literally, <laughs> I'm sold. If you like, if you had to play bingo with Taylor Sheridan, <laughs> like hot <laughs> spots, I would literally. It's a, um, it's bingo. I'm in. All right, but yeah, so cinematographer looking. He's direct, so he's, he's writing and he directing. wrote it and directed it. It's uh, based on a novel. Cool, oh, dude. yeah, man. I'm, I'm he in. just knows what he's doing behind the camera, dude. He, he's talented. He just like he stays true to what he likes to tell, and yeah. I respect that yeah. so far. Um, I mean, let's jump into. Let's just jump in. Let's just jump into it. Uh, the Charlie's Angels mm. trailer. So the reboot of Charlie's Angels, uh, directed by Elizabeth Banks, written by Elizabeth Banks, um, just kind of seems like your middle-tier action movie, except starring Kristen Stewart and Naomi Scott. And I think I don't know who the other lead is. Someone I didn't, whose name I didn't know. She looks familiar though. What is she in? A Happy Death Day to you? No, she's in. She's in one of those movies. I'll go look. Um, here's my opinion on it. I'll cut hold to the on. Chase. We got a guest on the podcast. What do you want, Vaughn? Do I have like a camera strap? No, not in the cage. How are you going to interrupt our podcast like that? I just wanted to add 
Hey, you good? Hey, close that door for us, though. I got you. Yeah, why isn't there a handle on the outside? Anyway, because this whole department's whack. Here's my opinion on it. Uh, don't think it looks bad. Don't think it looks good. It's probably one of those that'll slip right through my fingers. Probably won't see it. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks fine. It looks like it'll be fine. I hope people see it and have a good time. Maybe I'll go see it. I honestly don't know. I've seen the Charlie's Angels film from the early 2000s with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and who's the third? Lucy Liu. And Lucy Liu. The and other, The other actress is named Ella Balenska, and she's an actor in one film, and it's Charlie's Angels. Okay. That's why I did oh, recognize yeah. it. Um, the one that I've seen before was really bad, but it was like an early 2000s, very... Um, What's the? It was right in line with all the other early two thousands action movies. You What's know the I mean? Halle Berry James Bond movie? Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. Or the w- the day before the end of the tomorrow. Yeah, it's a bad one. The one when he <laughs> yeah it's finds like a the giant f- iceberg. Or invisible. Or What's the invisible car? Invisible fortress. I don't know. Someone was invisible in that movie. It was terrible. But Halle Berry, Halle, Halle Berry comes out of the water in that one time. That was cool. <laughs> and then um, Daniel Craig does it in. Casino Royale. That was even cooler. <laughs> he looked really good when he did that. Late to the party, Nick. Anyway, the new Charlie's Angels movie looks fun. Um, early. I think like, the trailer's just edited weird um, and pretty much gives away the entire plot of the not movie. Not true. I feel like a lot of trailers it, are doing that nowadays where they just walk you through. beat for beat. And through. they don't even, like, the trailer doesn't play out where you might see scene from the end right away. It literally plays like, here's right how the movie opens. Here's a building. Here's the middle action scene. And then you get some dialogue. I have two and then things. It builds to the climax. And it's like, oh, I just saw the entire movie in the trailer, including the final fight. Thanks. I have two things I have to say. Number one being, at least there's not a voiceover walking you through the whole trailer. Yeah. I'm in for Patrick Stewart, by the way. B, it's not weirdly Did edited. Did you say one and then B? Correct. B, it's not weirdly edited if you watch it back-to-back with Hobbs Shaw, new trailer. I will say it's good that a female is directing it, too, so yeah. hopefully she can bring her own style. and The je ne sais quoi. Yeah. But here's my thing. When we're talking about trailers spoiling stuff, I guess the Far From Home trailer almost gives away nothing. And there's even an entire action sequence that's in the trailer that's just not in the movie. And then people were like, someone in the interview was like, "How'd you? why did you film an entire action sequence and CGI it and everything? He's like, Tom Holland's like, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. I think it maybe slows it down, but I think they're releasing it as a short. I was like, okay, that'd be cool, but... I don't know. They're starting to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some stuff in Hobbs and Shaw or like any of these big budget movies with CGI and stuff where it's just like, yeah, we're going to commission out, not the CGI house that's working on the movie, but just this random CGI house, just make a scene for the mo- the trailer and we'll just put it in there and then people will go see it. They're like, that was never in the movie. Why would they do that though? I don't know. Because people are complaining about spoilers now. Now it's going a completely different direction where it's like. It's more spi- spoiling plot, not a yeah, brief exactly. moment from an action scene. But so, what did you think about the trailer for Charlie's Angels, Nate? It's fine. It's exactly what I expected when they said that they're rebooting Charlie's Angels and Elizabeth yeah. Banks is directing it. Yeah, it's not like we're getting something like Mission Impossible Fallout. It's not like Atomic Blonde, where it's like gritty. It's a light. It seems like a light, fun, yeah, like a light, yeah, action movie led by females, directed by a female, and I hope it's I hope it's a good time. That's all that I got for it. Okay, Henry Cavill. Is going, is going to play Sherlock Holmes 
in Millie Bobby Brown's what? Anola Holmes, where she plays the little sister of Sherlock Holmes. I'm out. Yep, gone. Why? Why would Sherlock Holmes be that jacked? That's what. I, that's what I put it on. Like when for. I picture Sherlock Holmes, I think his superpower is the knowledge. So like he's just kind of like. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa! Are you saying people who are in good shape can't be smart, Nick? Well, yeah, that's I'm exactly ta- what he's I'm saying. I'm talking about. I'm talking directly about you. Are you prejudiced? You. Correct. So what we have here is the classic case of Tyler catching me red-handed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real, I don't know. I just never would have pictured that, and I don't really want to seize that. Yeah, it's also an interesting thing where it's not technically canon in the Sherlock Holmes universe. It was written by another author in 2000s that created this character of Sherlock Holmes' little sister. And I don't know. I, I Maybe we'll see Millie Bobby Brown act something other than just screaming. She was all right in Godzilla. I never got to talk about Godzilla yet. Well, I'll save th- it for later. Cork it. Well, no, I could just, I mean... Put a cork in it. Whatever. You guys suck. Um, I didn't know this movie was being made, and after you said it, I wish I didn't know it was being made, and I don't care about it at all. Like, So what's the plot? She's going to be a I don't junior know. detective? I think, I think they just... Help them out? It's going to be like that um, Nancy Drew movie that came out, and literally, I think, one person saw it, and now hey, it's on DVD already. Nancy Drew, it. though? Uh, the, the one with the girl from It, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, Rock, Rockford's own Emily Baird wrote the score for that, though. That's pretty cool. That's fantastic, yeah. How'd the movie do? Oh, whoa, that's wonderful. Also, Emily Bear was also she was on Ellen again recently. Oh yeah. Oh really? Oh, oh. that's a little girl prodigy piano player. Right. Well, now she's not a little girl anymore. She's like sixteen. I think she's oh, seventeen, really? dude. Oh really? Okay. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, dude. Let's bust this thing. The down. final trailer before it comes out August second, I believe. So here's what I'll say about the trailer and the movie itself. It clearly knows what it's doing, and it is jumping the shark so hard. So I'm kind of in. It looks like it truly will be a good time. Yeah. I think the problem with the last couple Fast and Furious movies, whereas like kind of in the middle, I th- feel like they struck the right balance. Now they're way over the top, but they still take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, the, you guys don't have the tone right for this. I feel like this is exactly the tone that this sort of movie needs to have. The action looks totally ridiculous and fun. The CG looks like Whatever. they green screened it in my basement. <laughs> but I'm thinking it might be funny. Dude, I, I'm, I'm gonna going to laugh so much at how absurd this movie yeah, is. Exactly. And like that they know they're doing that, right? Like it's fine. I, I, I hope have to it'll be, be honest with you guys. I don't think you can find someone else that hates the Fast and Furious series as much as I do. You haven't and seen them all. How many I, have you seen? I've seen. Oh, hold on. Let me. Have let me you go, seen let one me go of back them? Then let me go back. Have you seen you, one you movie? Di- you directly interrupted, so let me go back and rephrase. Directly. I saw. I've seen. I believe nose. three of the movies, and I absolutely hated every single one. Which ones um, have you seen? Six, seven, eight. Okay. Okay, but hold on. So I didn't <laughs> like them, but Hobbs and Shaw. It just looks so ridiculous that. If I have the power and the ability to go see Triple X, what was it called? The Return of Xander. The Return of Xander Cage. If I can go see that in IMAX, this is movie I can see in IMAX two times over that movie. So it just looks absolutely Rock, insane. Rock, paper, scissors, grenade launcher. Jesus. Is that a real thing? Yeah. You haven't seen Triple X, Return of Xander Cage? Did you just ask me that question? So at the end of the I'm going to spoil it for everybody. If you haven't seen it, just don't ever watch it. But at the end... If you remember, there's actually a triple X sequel before Return of Xander Cage that was starring Ice Cube. 
So at the end of the movie, Ice Cube shows up, and of course, in a dire situation, everybody's surrounded. You know, our heroes are surrounded by the bad guys. And out of nowhere, they start getting grenaded. And then it cuts to Ice Cube, and he goes, rock, paper, scissors, grenade launcher. And then it cuts to the credits. Yeah, well, then it cuts away, and then you don't see Ice Cube again, I don't think. I honestly can't. I have to say, though, uh, Hobbs and Shaw, this new trailer, one of the most bizarre trailers I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. It's you like it opens way, up with a full sequence. Like I can't believe the editing on it, and I can't believe how they cut up uh, Jay Z. What song, what fucking song is that? Um, I thought it was Fifty Cent. Nope. No. He, no. No. He no. Says no. Uh, Hove. H to the O V. I used to move snowflakes by the O Z. What song is that? Holy shit! Fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I'd be the music. His number one supplier. Yeah, that's fine. You anyway, keep going. the way they the way they cut all of it together, it's like almost like I was taking an ecstasy pill. That's, and that's I was they're going. And I was picturing what the movie would be like in my head. I think they're promoting this movie in such a way that they're gonna try and make the audience get inebriated before they see it. Like they want that to be the goal, because then everyone will have a lot more fun. Especially when you have the rock pounding on his chest, screaming. And then beating people with sticks. Or Idris Elba grabbing the brake light on the motorcycle and going underneath two semi trucks (laughs) as he's skating. That was cool. And then he got back on it. And then Jason Statham pulls around, uses uses his car as a ramp. Ferrari? Uses it as a ramp for the motorcycle. Goes up. Windshield's fine on Jason Statham's car. We see Idris Elba's just fly through a double-decker bus. Do you see me yawning while you're explaining mm-hmm. that to me? Because that's how much I care about it. It <laughs> seemed like a video game cut cut scene when Idris Elba does that motorcycle thing. What, when he's on the ground? Yeah, or like an Alita Battle Angel scene. Yeah, I agree. So, like, how far are they you know taking who's, it? Do you know who's directing this movie? No, I literally have no idea. The Rock? Does it matter? I'm pretty sure Jason Statham? I'm pretty sure it's one of the directors of John Wick. No. Like, does it matter directors or, in this movie? Come on, pull it up. Hey, pull that up, Jamie. Uh, I pulled my David <laughs> David Leach. David Leach is he from director? John Wick, John Wick one, Atomic Blonde, Deadpool two. <laughs> he hasn't directed terrible movies. I think it's all just the tone. I don't think he he didn't write this movie. He, yeah, I yeah. hope that the action from the trailer it looks like it's all in-camera stuff, so it looks like it's going to be cool. It's just the fact that it's so over-the-top and ridiculous, it takes you out of it more than it locks you in. Mm-hmm. When you watch Mission Impossible, the action is insane, but because all the stunts are semi-real, you're locked in because you're like, is this fucking real life? So there's that added draw to it because it's like that veil of it's just a movie and it's all fake hasn't been broken. But in this, just from watching Taylor, you know, this is all so ridiculously <laughs> unbelievable that it's just totally yeah. because takes then, me right out of Because the when they do that, when they make everything so outrageous and so over the top, even if they are embracing it, it makes the consequences non-existent. I mean, and it, it opens with a rock jumping off of a skyscraper and landing on a guy through a glass window, exactly. and he's fine. Like exactly. he would literally just if you fall so, eighty feet and land on a guy, your body's just gonna break. It I doesn't just, matter. That, I guess. Oh. I guess from a filmmaking perspective, I don't know why you'd ever want to make a movie where you just want people to care about how outrageous it is rather than the characters actually mattering. Did you say as a filmmaker you can't imagine why that would happen? 
because they walked up to David Leach and they said, hey, man, do you want to direct this movie? He probably was like, can I read the script? And he's like, ah, man, I don't know. And then they said they wrote him a little paper and they passed it to him on the table. Here's and, $2 million. And he peeked at it and he said, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> well, he peeked at it and he said, yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Well, I think we'll see how it looks. It looks fun. I'll go see it, but like you know what I mean? Like how like the movie doesn't matter. That's what it that's what it comes down to. Like why would you want to make something that doesn't matter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make money. You're right. Never mind. I answered my own question. Yeah, Avengers hey, Avengers Endgame doesn't matter. It did though. No the movie matters. Actually mattered to people. No movie. These characters matter to people. Yeah. Those people are brain dead. <laughs> that's we just lost half of our audience. I don't care. If you watch Hobbs, five hundred thousand like, people just tuned off for the podcast. Hey, that means we still got five hundred thousand <laughs> listeners. Concurrent <laughs> though. Concurrent. Concurrent. Um, okay, on to the next one. Speaking of Avengers, uh, how do we? How we haven't been able to talk about it, but how do we feel about their re-release strat? Terrible. I'm so upset. The movie just came out. It was literally just out. I would not be outraged if they tried to re-release it in late August, early September, when there's no movies out. Everything that's out sucks, and they're like, you know what? We want to cross that number one spot at the box office. It's a good time to do it. There's nothing out. But as a chain or as a company, Disney has to pay money to get their movie back in theaters because now it's taking the spot of other films that are releasing this weekend. Is it this weekend or next weekend that it reopens? It's this weekend. They have to pay money to take the spots away from other movies, right, to get their movie back in theaters. So they're just spending whatever they need to to make sure their movie gets to number one all time. And to me, that's so obnoxious because, like, it doesn't mean anything. Is Your that movie true, made though? Four hundred million dollars opening weekend, and it's it's awesome. Like it was a great movie. There's no need to be the number one. It doesn't matter at all. Is that really it how it works? Matter. So they have to no. pay to take the spot. Like, do you know that for sure? They're not paying to take the spot, but they have to pay the theater chains to get to show their movie again. I don't have a problem with it. And I'll tell you why. I'm not a Marvel fanboy. I could care less if it's number one. I thought that was kind of cool. You could care less, or you I couldn't. couldn't care less i and don't here, want them to get it out but, of spite now well no here's the thing if you have Fact. okay you're disney okay you have all the money in the world why wouldn't you pay for that it's like a video game it's pay to play a- they're playing a yeah, video game avatar right now. avatar re-released as well my thing is that it just seems weird that avatar's under the disney umbrella anyway now now it? it is yeah yeah so it doesn't even fucking matter it really doesn't but at but the what same a, time what like, a let's perfect, make it a competition what a perfect end to this saga it all leads up to the gr- the gr- greatest grossing movie of all time, you know? That's what they're trying to get. The thing that bothers me, though, is that not even that they're re-releasing. It's like, oh, well, we're re-releasing it with deleted scenes and extra footage. So there will be, like, one extra There is. Tent. It's literally in post-credit scene. Wait, and it's not going to be a post-credit scene that reveals anything. It's going to be a post-credit scene of people having fun. And it's going to be a post-credit scene, and then there's going to be a post-post-credit scene of a little trailer for Far From Home. Get out of my fucking face. I'm mad. You don't need to go see it. I'm not going to. I think you're hey, just you want to go see Avengers? You, you're getting I w- mad. I probably would. <laughs> hey, don't get mad. There's no point to be mad. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to us. It doesn't affect us. Whatever. Disney has all the money in the world. They can do what they want. It's pay to play. This is a pay to play world. And they're having fun. I just hope no one goes to see it strictly out of spite. And I already know multiple cross. people that are going to see it. So, we'll yeah, see. honestly, I'd go see well, it. Again. The other I thing is, too, it literally was still in theaters last weekend. Like, I checked Showtimes, and I still could have seen the movie last weekend. So, they're not re releasing it. Well, maybe it, it was last weekend. 
Because it was out of theaters for a while. Was it? I thought it was in the whole time. Two, three weeks. I thought it was still in. Hmm. That's why. But that's why I'm like, I think they might have. Because I was that was weird for me, where I was like, why is it already out of theaters? Because I remember thinking that, and then it's almost like they took it out, and then waited two weeks because it was already slowing down. They're like, re-release it, pull the plug, extra extra footage. We're bringing it in with that one deleted scene that. Boo. Hey, Avengers Endgame, good movie though, favorite of the year. Oh, All right, ready ready for this next piece of news? This one's just for Nick. Okay, Nathan. Casey Frey, cast, yeah. in, ca- cast in Mainstream, the next movie by director Gia Coppola. Other co-stars in this movie, Andrew Garfield, Jason Schwartzman. Hilarious. Johnny Knoxville. Really? And the Casey Ringer. Frey, baby. Wow, like good for him because... The Ringer too? He, like, okay... He's funny as hell. I was watching some of his videos last night. But, like, he's so captivating as a person, just like, the way he acts. So I think that this will be cool. I'm, I'm happy to see What's him. What's it called? Mainstream. Uh, do you know who Casey Frey is? No. I have no you ever idea. seen the I Just Want to Ball with My Bros video? No. I have not. What is that? One of the funniest videos to ever touch the internet. <laughs> it's and true. He got cast in it's, a movie. Who's directing it? Gia Coppola? Is that... Yeah, it's a daughter she of directed, Ford. She directed Palo Alto, the James Franco, um, what's her name? Scream Queen's girl, Emma Roberts, Nerve. Oh, she directed oh, she Nerve? Getting, no, da- that's Dave. No, 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 no. No, the person in Nerve. Oh, Emma Gia Roberts. Gia Coppola directed Palo Alto. Okay. Oh, well, then why would you say I've Nerve? heard of that movie. I've heard people Because like Emma Roberts is in the movie. Nerve? <laughs> Like not good, but not a bad movie. Never Casey Neistat's in that one. Is he? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he makes an appearance in it. Yep. <laughs> what does he do? Uh, it's a game. It's like Nerve is about a game on. No, what is what is game? <laughs> I was gonna tell you. So Nerve is about a game. Just on tell your... us what he does. I need to introduce what the movie's about so you know what he does. It's like a game where you live stream. It's like Twitch, except people dare you to do stuff. And if you actually do the dare, you basically level up. Very okay. interesting concept. Casey Neistat <laughs> appears in a montage where he is streaming. Doing it. Yeah. And, and he dies. Like, he gets chased by the police or something. Thank you for that, Nick. Do you think, do you think Casey Frey will actually be a part of this movie, or do you think he's going to be like a small little cameo? I don't know. Because we'll what I'm kind of thinking is that he may be like a – like a um, no women in the cast. There is, but not none recognizable like big names. names. Um, I think he may be like a LeBron James in um. I haven't seen Shipwrecked or whatever. <laughs> Trainer, <laughs> Trainer. <laughs> I heard LeBron's actually pretty good in that though. Yeah, so is John Cena. Dude, I hate John Cena. Why? <laughs> Why would you hate him? I don't know. I just don't think he's good. People say he's good. He's funny. No, he's all right. I think he I think he has no career outside of comedies. And that's that's my thought process. Well, why would you be mean to him? I'm I not wasn't trying to be mean to him. You literally said he's bad. I'm saying that I'm a fan of him. Do you think people who are re- related to Francis Ford Coppola, like Sophia and like make sure their name is who like want to be in filmmaking, do you think it bothers them that he's so much better at making movies? I don't know. Sophia's pretty good at making movies. Yeah, people She's love She's made some good ones. People love her more than they love France, no, no. There's well, like some super fans out there. I th- here's the thing: 
at the end of the day, sure, Francis Ford made some great movies, you know? But all that matters is if you're a better person. And it's not that hard to be a better person than Francis Ford. Was he a bad guy? I'm not. I'm sure he's not a nice guy. And he also directed that one movie that's pretty terrible. (laughs) What? What's the one? With Robin Williams? Jack? (laughs) Dude, that movie is great. When he ages super fast, that was like his last movie that he made. And it's got terrible reviews. I think it's a great movie. You're blinded by your love. I watched as a kid. I liked it. Mm-hmm. By Francis. He did Godfather Part 3. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> Sophia Coppola is the worst part of that movie, by the way. Really? Yeah, her and Andy Garcia. Horrend- they have a love, like a romantic love story, and they're first cousins. And uh, Al Pacino says, you, you literally, you can't love him. He's your first cousin. And then Sophia Coppola goes, well, I'll love him first then. That's real dialogue from the movie, I, I swear. Swear it. I swear to God. And then there's a scene where they're like making dough or something stupid, Andy Garcia and Sophia Coppola, and it made me throw up. These are facts. Did it actually make you throw up, or are you exaggerating? I'm exaggerating. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time to jump into movies we watched from the last time, and then after that, we'll go into the topic of the show of Toy Story 4. Okay. And uh, uh, discuss that ag- ad nauseum, or however that saying is. So who wants to go first, Nick? How many you watch too? Oh, Egg Museum. I've been, I've been slacking, but I'll I'll tell you. Um, so since the last time we, I've been on the podcast. Did we talk about John Wick three? High Life. I mean, how far are we going back? We talked about. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Endgame, right? We'll go back to May. Just give us some brief reviews from you, buddy. Okay, I'll just give a brief review for all of them. High Life. I thought it was kind of a weird movie. Wasn't the biggest fan. I don't know why. I went into the movie. I almost dozed off a couple times. The cinematography was great. Mm-hmm. Robert Pattinson's great. Other than that, did not draw my interest. Don't know why. Mm-hmm. John Wick Chapter 3. Loved it. My favorite one's the second one so far because of the I, – I felt like they built up the world really well in the second one. Third one's good, but it just didn't hold me as much as the second one did. Maybe I'm a bitch. Then I saw Ghostbusters, like I said. Really liked it. Uh, had a good time. It was a cool experience where I watched it. I understand why people love it as much as they do, but I just thought it was a pretty solid one. Then I watched Crash, the 2005? Four or five, I think. It came right? out in four, so it must have been five. Best Picture winner. Uh, easily the worst Best Picture movie I've seen, even worse than Green Book. I think that the way they tackle race Is that true? Yes. Wow. I, I know some people like it, some people hate it, but I think that – the way they tackle racism in that movie, which is essentially what it's all about and prejudice, is really funny, to be honest. And every time um, uh, a, a person of color is faced with adversity in this movie, they are greeted by a white savior. And I can't believe which people movie? loved it. Crash. Oh, yeah. I then saw Rocket Man. Loved it. I think it was everything that Bohemian Rhapsody should have been. Uh, they do not shy away from the problems that Elton John struggled with, with uh, drugs, with his sexuality and everything like that. And I respect that. And they didn't just hide behind his music. Instead, they intertwined the music to tell the story instead of uh, putting the music in the forefront to ride the coattails of the, the prior. popular song. Yeah. I, I, we can talk about Rockman for just a second because I saw that too. Um, I really liked it as well. Uh, some of the dramatic scenes, like the – non-musical scenes didn't quite land for me as well as I wanted them to. I still don't think they were written all that well. I do think Taron Edgerton deserves praise and Oscar. He's certainly Oscar-worthy. Like, 
I would argue is better than Rami Malek was in Bohemian Rhapsody, and it's just disappointing that he won't even sniff an Oscar nom this year. Yeah, at all. you guys ridiculous. agree? Yeah, I agree. It's ridiculous. But he was I great. I haven't seen it yet, though. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Okay. Well, I also really like, did you know that Elton John does not write his own music? No. I I, well, I guess I didn't know how many songs Elton John wrote that were bangers, <laughs> but I always knew for some reason that he was partnered with the writer. Yeah, he does not write the lyrics to his songs. He writes the instrumentation the music, music. and sings them, obviously. But my favorite part of the movie is the relationship he has with this guy, is that, um, Jamie Bell, yeah, who write who is his songwriter. And I thought that was awesome, and it was cool to see. That's sweet. Yeah, I know you should go see it. You'd like I know, it. I I know. I'm, I'll go see it probably if it's still in theaters. I'll try to see it this week. The every time they're playing a song, it's spectacular. Yeah, I know. My like, favorite really scene. Really really my favorite scene is when they play Crocodile Rock at yeah. uh, the. I forget the location. Oh, the, it's the his love, first performance. It's, it's in LA. Awesome. It's amazing. I that may be one of. I like that scene more than any other scene in Bohemian Rhapsody. Anyway, yeah, facts. Um, then I saw Godzilla, King of Monsters. You know what? It was fine. I We saw it with our really good friend who was actually on the podcast, Jake Baker, who's a big fan of Godzilla. My dad's a big fan of Godzilla. I was raised on Godzilla. Turns out, I thought it was okay. <laughs> Nothing too crazy. Sure. Um, just kind of, to be honest, all the stuff without the monsters, believe it or not, boring as shit. Millie Bobby Brown was better than I thought she would be, to be quite frank. And Charles Dance, amazing. I am a fanboy. I have only seen him in Game of Thrones in this film. I then saw Booksmart. Amazing movie. I uh, had a good time watching it. Um, very unique. Had its own kind of style. It was just kind of an interesting movie to watch. I understand the comparisons to Superbad. I'm still rolling with Superbad over this, but why compare? Because I like both of them. All right. And then I watched Toy Story 4, which we'll talk about. After that, well, I watched Burning, uh, the foreign film from, I believe it's Korea. And... Pretty solid, um, amazing cinematography, amazing acting, good writing. But I know what they call it burning because it's literally the slowest burn movie <laughs> I've I've ever watched in my entire life. I'm not kidding. It's two and a half hours, and it could easily be 45 minutes easily could have been cut off. I don't want to say – I personally think it would be easy. I can understand why people would roast me for that because obviously it's not my direct – my ver- my right. vision, and he would probably justify why that extra 45 is in there. But, man – it takes a long time to get there. It took me an hour and a half to even know what genre it was because I went in completely blind. And by when it was all said and done, the payoff wasn't even that great. It was all right. That's my thoughts on Burning. Interesting. Some really good scenes in there. Um, I then watched Kill Bill Volume 1. It's a perfect action movie. Quentin Tarantino is a director's director. And... Um, you can tell that every single aspect of that movie was directly impacted by him. He was very cautious with how he pinpointed what he wanted in the movie, and I respect that. And there's just some decisions you can tell. He was just like, yep, I want that in there. It doesn't really need to be there, but he's like, yep, let's do it. And I really respect that. Um, was not, there was no downtime in that movie. I was never not entertained, and it's good writing, good acting. How good is that final climax? It's absolutely insane. It really is. Can you come a little closer, Nick? You're, I think you, the way you're holding your mic is messing with the XLR cable. How, so was that all? Was that all? No, it's all fine. It just towards the end, especially, it was cutting out. <sighs> Damn it, Nate! I mean, That's you're all I literally seen. just pushed up in the corner. <laughs> I don't know why you're doing. <laughs> but that's all you saw. 
That's all I saw. I, I mean, to be honest, that's May all was, I seen since the I, last podcast appearance. Yeah, it, it, the summer's been a slow one. I've been kind of busy. I had no excuses though. Um, we had the, you know, the wrap up of Game of Thrones and everything that kind of really exhausted me entertainment wise for a while and i started reading it kind of killed the whole entertainment vibe for this for summer a couple, yeah for it a really did honestly like it's funny endgame pumped me up and then game of thrones bought brought me yeah, we saw remember seeing we saw endgame and then two nights later we saw freaking the long, long night, night. <clears throat> and my heart was crushed along with all my dreams what a nice one two punch <laughs> it really was they did the courtesy punch punch with endgame where you're like oh this wasn't going to hurt too bad because you know how Endgame ends. It's like, oh, this is amazing. Nice courtesy punch to the heart. And then Game of Thrones is like, no, we're knocking you out right now. We're knocking you out. And we're not knocking you out based off shock value. We're knocking you out because we really butchered this. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what, what's up with you, Tyler? What you been watching? Um, I watched quite a bit. Um, I All finally right, saw Dragon, dude. The Spectacular Now. Have you guys seen yes, that? Yes, I did. I like that And movie Emily, a lot. actually, my girlfriend rewatched it yesterday. Emgu? I loved it. For I'd never seen it. Been putting it off for a while. I thought the chemistry between Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley was great. They're both really, really talented young up and comers. I know they've been around for a while now, but still. Um, a twenty four. The fault in our stars. It is a twenty four. I did have one issue with the movie with the climax or anything yep. that happened. I think it everyone was a does. Little bizarre. It could have been done a little bit better. It was foreshadowed. Super, Killer. Super heavily. <laughs> Right when the Am movie started, there's Stop this. Uh, it. When the hey, movie started, I was able to predict kind of what the climactic event would be, and I was right. Just it's super telegraphed. Um, what I loved about the movie is how they handled teen alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I've never really seen that in a movie, especially when That's you see people partying all the time, and in most high school movies. So the fact that they dealt with this and it felt really real and relevant i loved it i thought yep. it was really really well done and the performances were great directed well a24 another banger persona rewatched watched my girlfriend she didn't like it very bizarre i love it have you guys seen it yet no one of the most bizarre movies i've ever seen there's this scene in the middle of the movie that'll just knock your socks off because you're i can't say it but it's have very you, uh interesting on a side note have you guys seen really fast the video of the guy trying to do a front flip or back flip over a lamborghini on Twitter, yeah, and his shoes and it knocks fly. his shoes off. That's what I, whenever someone says "knock your socks off," that's what I picture now. Um, then I watched the best romantic comedy ever made, "When Ooh. Harry Met Sally." Have you guys seen "When Harry Met Sally"? No, uh, no, but I. You guys I, gotta watch it. Do we need to get Luca on the pod? Yeah, to talk about that one. It is phenomenal. It's so funny, and it's funny because everything they talk about is relevant still today, and just the way relationships work and how. Men and women can't really be friends because there's, you know, they always want to have sex with each other and all this stuff. And the way they deal with that and talk about it is awesome. And I loved it so much. And Billy Crystal, hilarious. Meg Ryan is great. And even though it's still a rom-com with the cliches and the tropes, it's just done better than any that I've yeah. seen, in my opinion. And I really think you guys should watch it. But great date movie. Um, in Bruges, Martin McDonough. Yeah. Love that movie. Better than Three Billboards. Baby. I mean, you get Colin Farrell karate chopping a dwarf in the neck. Like, I literally laugh so hard every time I it's see it. It's a good movie. I, re I, I don't know what it is, but I personally wasn't the biggest fan of Three Billboards, but then that movie really, um, you know, I really liked it. I love the way Martin McDonough handles very serious situations because he does it with humor, mm -hmm. but it's really, like, 
dark humor yeah. in a way that still makes you laugh, though. But you still feel for the people and understand what they're going through. And he just gets this balance right. And Ray Fiennes is hilarious. Colin Farrell's great. Brennan Gleeson is literally amazing and everything. To kill him. And he sees him about to commit suicide. <laughs> he goes, what are you doing? <laughs> and then Colin Farrell's up. He goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like, he, he looks at his gun. He goes, nothing. He puts him on his back. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's so funny. Um, highly recommend watching that. Um, finally saw the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I know some of our friends Cowboy hated it. Call him by name because I don't get it either. Call the friends by name. No. It's a, it's a f- I thought it was fine. It's the not two top- guests that we had on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's not top tier Coen Brothers for me. It's just mediocre. Like some of the shorts I liked, some of them I didn't care about. Their performances are all good. The cinematography is great. Bruno Del some of them, Some of the songs are awesome. So it's like, it's just a mixed bag. You know, it was fine. Um, Toy Story 4. Autopsy of Jane Doe. Horror movie. Heard it was good. Stars Brian Cox and uh, Emil Hirsch. I always, I don't know how to pronounce which his name. One, which one's Brian Cox? What else is he? If you see older, a little bit bigger. He's been in like a billion movies, I think. Okay. Here, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what he's been in right now. Brian Cox, we'll click on it right here. 141 movies. Her, Zodiac, okay. yeah, Rushmore, see, see, Wait, what's Rise of the Apes. X-Men, he's a bad guy in X-Men 2. Yeah, I, I know who he is. Okay, Wait, well, I need to go look now. So the movie's super mediocre horror. I thought there were some really good suspenseful moments where you just feel the tension building and there's this dread and it, it does work and I was relatively frightened. And then there's some horrendous jump scare, super telegraphed. It's got the big loud noise before something even jumps on screen, like really bad jump scare. So mixed bag, moderate, m- mediocre horror movie. Wouldn't really recommend mediocre. it. It does deal with, there's some cult stuff going on. I'm a big fan of the, you know, yeah. that cult stuff. horror movies are the only like horror it. movies. Um, saw Crazy Heart, Jeff Bridges music movie. I believe he was nominated for Best Lead Actor in 2009 or 10 when it came out. This is um, the one with the dragon, right? With the dragon? No, and Sean Connery. No, that's Dragonheart. Okay. <laughs> um, Crazy Heart. It's I, I feel like it's an okay movie that's not like there's not a lot of style to it. Like when I think of a star is born or uh Rocket Man or all these other music esque music la, la, movies, la La Land. There's a lot of style to it, you know, and the concert scenes in A Star is Born, there's just, there's some flair to how they're directed and there's interesting shots. And this movie's just very competently made, but it felt very generic. The only thing that really made it good were the amazing performances. Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, whatever, Jeff Bridges is amazing. Like, he's got to be one of the best actors ever. He's phenomenal. I love Jeff Bridges. It's a really good story, so I really liked the movie. I just didn't love it. I would still recommend it. There's some great songs, really good soundtrack. Um, Oh, the other movie I compared to is... No. That was going to... It's similar to Inside Lewin Davis, but, again, it's just not as well-directed. It's just a lot more generic. Who directed this one? Scott Hooper, who did Out of the Furnace. Okay, yeah, yeah. And one other movie that's very similar to those. Scott Hostiles. Cooper. Hostels and Black Mass. Black Mass. I hated Hostels. Black Mass is, I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed Black Mass, but haven't seen it in a long time. Black Mask. Uh, bad, dude. And then I watched Silence of the Lambs. Great movie. Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't know. How I'm having a it. friend for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> don't just spoil the end of the movie. 
Just kidding. Yeah, I haven't Why seen it, even dude. Say, you haven't like, seen an eight? No. Why would you even say that? Really? That was at, the, at the end of the movie, no one would have really ever good guessed. stuff. <laughs> Super well directed. One of the best movies ever made. Period. Great female lead. Anthony Hopkins has ten minutes of screen time and is just outstanding. I believe it's my awesome. girlfriend and I may go as Clarice and. Uh, what the hell is this? How name? do you dress as Clary? She just wears Lecter. normal clothes. She's going to wear the freaking uniform that she wears during the Hannibal Lecter. And I'm going to go as Hannibal. I'm going to fucking wear a straight jacket, yellow you, jumpsuit. You'd need one anyways. Yeah, just wear the creepy ass mask that he wears. Shut the hell up before I beat your okay. ass. Okay. So I can't remember if I talked about Ma on the last podcast, but that's a movie that I saw. <laughs> and then I also <laughs> rewatched. Lannister in that? Good review. <laughs> what? Is Jamie Lannister in it? No. Wow. That's Mama. Oh. <laughs> and then I rewatched Toy Story 2. Banger. Then I rewatched Toy Story 3 twice. <laughs> why, Banger. why twice? Because I watched it once with Ellie, and then I watched it once with Luca. Mm. Two following days. One time How I you had didn't a, watch it with me? Because you weren't around. One time I Whoa. had a major uh, emotional breakdown at the end of one of them. Don't know why it hit me so hard again. But I think it's because it was the first time I watched it since I watched was, it that first time. Was it because you're weak-minded? I think it's because I'm a weak-minded male. Yeah, I'm beta. Oh, is that what beta means? Um, and then I also watched Kill Bill along with uh, Nick and Luca DeSauce. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to come out here and say that I loved it. What? But I appreciate it. Sure. And I like a lot of the stuff in it. What? And, uh, uh, all the action scenes are great. I watched Child's Play. Now, Charge Play... The remake. The remake, yes. Uh, It's an interesting one because I went in expecting something, and I walked out of it and got exactly what I expected. (laughs) A middle pack. That interesting, huh? Just (laughs) didn't need to really be made, but it was made, and there's some interesting stuff. Honestly, I heard that like the third act's the best part of the movie. I thought when the third act started, I was like, okay, here we go, and then it literally jumped off a cliff and died. The (laughs) end of the movie is absolutely terrible really leaves a sour taste in your mouth of what just happened some awesome kills in the movie though pretty disgusting stuff that happens can i ask you something just blink once for yes twice for no does the kid die wait what's that what's my option (laughs) (laughs) is it one for yes two yeah one for yes okay um but i liked a lot of the earlier stuff in the movie when he's not like super psycho killer yet the doll mm-hmm. and he's just kind of broken and the, the just the creepy stuff that comes from a broken toy i like that a lot and then he just turns into a psycho killer and i'm like okay so you're not scary anymore okay here we go um and then i watched mission impossible fallout also in child's play use my boy brian tyree henry a Bad. lot more than you used it no like he just was barely in it yeah, also aubrey plaza was barely in it it's mainly just the kid for like an hour, and then the rest of them have like ten minutes each screen really? time. Yeah. So does is Brian Tyree Henry? Is he the go-to guy that gives him all the information about what could be going wrong with the doll? No. Is that his role? No. Nope. He's not that guy. Nope. He's a cop. Oh, okay. He's not Vincent D'Onofrio in every horror movie he's nope. ever been in. Nope. Okay. Um. Also, it's like one. They also like introduce the kid makes some friends, and they are just terrible, especially the uh like the dude friend. One of the worst characters I've seen on screen this year. Really bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched uh, Mission Impossible Fallout again. You know what? Just keep making these till you die, Tom. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. Wait, you mean Xenu? Yeah. No, he's not Xenu, dude. He's the Messiah. Which means he's related to Xenu. Yeah. I'm going to call him Xenu. Okay, that's fair. 
I thought you said Nicole Kidman was Xenu, even though she's not a Scientologist. She used to be. What did she? Well, she was married to Tom Cruise. I know, but I think part of the reason why she left is because of Scientology. Well, yeah, that means that she was once a, a member shut of this up, cult. Dude. When's the Scientology out, horror hey, movie coming out? When's the Scientology? You're playing on your phone. You're not even present. When's the Scientology horror movie coming out? Dude, there Ari should Aster. be one. Oh god, don't even. It's just cult stuff, dude. And Perfect. literally, Zenu comes in at the end and murders and everyone. And you know who stars? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> we oh, got the god. next A twenty four masterpiece. Okay, now time to jump into the topic of the show, uh, Toy Story four. I think we should all go around and give our thoughts, and if we want to, we can have a little spoiler section at the end. Let's do it. So, Nick, how would you feel about Toy Story 4? You're not like Get the biggest. Get off your phone. You're not the Shut up, dude. I was literally just going to finish this level, and then Nate goes to me instantly. Why are you playing games, uh, games during, during the, podcast? the podcast? Also, you're not the biggest Toy Story fan. You know what? Just skip him. Nate, but, let's have this conversation. But We're not what's, your th- what's your thoughts on it? I had a really good time watching this movie. Um, I think Pixar is a master class when it comes to making a story good that dinosaur. every single person can relate to. They have, besides that, Nate, name another really no, bad I'm, one. You're talking to probably the biggest Pixar fan in the room. Nate. Yeah, so Shut then up. why would you even inter- interject Because I'm on this podcast. Anyway, okay. Anyway, I had a good time watching it. I think that it's some of the best animation I've ever seen. Um, don't cry. I don't normally cry during movies, but um, there's a scene with Gabby Gabby <laughs> that really almost got me, but I did not. I have to say, but Gabby Gabby, um, she had a rough life. And <laughs> is hey, again, Gab- do you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gabby Gabby. Anyway, <laughs> I think that Toy Story 3 was more, in my opinion, because this is just my opinion, I think it was just more conclusive for the whole story. But once this we is the into, epilogue. Well, hold on, you head ass. <laughs> if we get into a spoiler talk, I'll explain directly what I mean. But I think that this movie deserved to be made. I think that there was a story to tell. But I think that Toy Story 3 was more definitive as far as an ending goes, which I don't mind seeing another Toy Story. I'm sure they'll make probably one more. But guess what? Yep. Guess what, baby? When they want to print money, get ready. Anyway, I mean, what? There's like 10 years in between movies. Someone predicted what Toy Story 5 is going to be. The reunited. And it's... (laughs) Nate, you'll have to bleep it out. (laughs) I'm far away from the mic. No one heard It's going to be all of them getting... uh, brought and put into like a goodwill or something and then andy comes and buys the toys for his kids Boo. that's exactly what it will be when they make it in about 15 years who cares yeah maybe what did you think about toy story 4 after uh, spoiling it <clears throat> what did i do i don't remember oh yeah i cut it out um toy story 4 was awesome it was way funnier than i thought it would be mm-hmm. i can't remember the last time i saw an animated movie that was this funny because I feel like lately even like How to Train Your Dragon was great but it wasn't as funny it was more of like the action drama almost yeah it's like um, a, still funny yeah. obviously but not to this level and even going back Pixar movies and other anime movies I've taken my sister to Smallfoot all this other garbage Smallfoot is not garbage they aren't funny to me like they're just kind of generic and this has genuine belly laughs consistently throughout the whole movie I found myself like Laugh. laughing really hard at these jokes and all the new characters are great. I thought Forky, who before I saw the movie was like, that's kind of lame. Awesome character. Awesome. My favorite character all of his gags, hilarious. I thought I'm trash. Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele's characters, Ducky, Duck, and Bunny. 
Ducky and Bunny. Ducky and Bunny. Hilarious. They had me rolling, too. They were great. <laughs> what about I love, Gabby Gabby? I love how they're stuck together. Yeah, That's like what, about, what about Duke Kaboom? Awesome. Amazing character. I thought he was really funny. I know yeah. some people maybe didn't. I, I thought he was great, but I think he's overhyped trash. At the what? Same time. How could I didn't think he was. I didn't know he was even hyped. I didn't know Keanu Reeves was in the movie. And then when I heard his voice, I was like, "This is awesome." No, yeah, I character. think he's a great character, but people are putting him a little bit higher than he needs to be. I have two. Woody's still the best Toy Story character. So I love the movie. I thought the ending was great. Um, I got choked up. There were some <laughs> other moments in the movie that choked me up. Um, as a whole, I do agree with Nick that the third movie perfectly ends Toy Story. This movie is a fantastic, but it's not perfect. And I feel like it takes away a little bit from the ending of the third one, and I, I'll never cry watching the end of the third one again. Maybe. I haven't seen it, honestly, in a very long time. I did not rewatch the movies beforehand. I but I feel like it. knowing that this is coming, that there's the fourth movie and there's more to the story, none of them will be as sad knowing that this is here. You know what I mean? Um, I haven't tested that out yet, so we'll see later down the line. And I'll report see, back. The saddest part of Toy Story 3, though, with the ending, you're not sad because of the toys, you know? No, it's because of the. It's because of. Andy's you took everything in your life for granted and up and down. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, the other thing I didn't like about the movie is that there wasn't enough of the old toys. I didn't get enough. Yeah. Even Buzz was in it more, like, other than. Buzz was barely in it. Woody, Bo Peep, and the, a lot of the new characters who are very prevalent in the movie a lot. Buzz isn't in a lot. Well, cause Mr. The, Potato Head. At T the end of the day, it's just whether you like it or not, it's Woody's story. No, I understand. I agree with that, but I still wanted to see the other toys more. So I agree. it lessened I agree. it a little bit. But also, half of the voice actors for those toys are dead, so they really didn't want to do them dirty. Not half of them. No, I know Don Rickles is the only one that's dead, I think. I th I thought it was a great movie. I loved it. I'm really happy I got to take my little sister to go see it, and she really enjoyed Good. it, especially because she's in the phase. She's 11. She'll be 12 next year. So she's getting out of that, like, I don't want to watch kids' movies anymore. And I'm like, come on. I'm taking you to see Toy Story. It's going to yeah. be fun. She really liked it, too. So oh, it was it was really, really good experience. What do you think of Gabby Gabby? Great, great character. We'll discuss it more in spoiler talk. Well, I just want to say, I'll say that uh, I feel like the other Toy Stories have villains throughout the movie. And Gabby Gabby was more of she wasn't really she's a an villain. antagonist, but not a villain. Yeah, and and she's she's not the main part of the movie. I would argue like there's a lot more going on that's central yeah. to the plot other than just her story. Whereas like Toy Story three is lots of being mean. Toy Story two is what's the prospect? Prospects. I mean, he's the, the there's like a final Stinky fight Pete. basically. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I so I like and how then they Toy did Story it. one. It's Woody, kinda, and Sid. Toy Story 1's a weird one if you go back and watch it. I need to watch it. It's Dude, those other toys one. are creepy. Yeah. Also, the humans in that movie are creepy, so get ready for that one. I need um, to watch it again. All right, Toy Story 4. Where do I begin? Go ahead, toy. Nate. Beautiful <laughs> animation. I'm talking, it opens up there. It seemed like Pixar was just bragging with the <laughs> rain really scene. Did. It seemed like they were just bragging with it. Like the w water hitting. Also, great way to start off. It starts off very different for most. Toy Story movies where it kind of just lays out the whole plot line in for you and shows you kind of what you're in for. This is Woody's story, and you're going to see kind of what happened to Woody after he's not with Andy anymore, you know? The only thing I, I didn't like about the foreshad the foreshadowing, the beginning, is that it telegraphed the whole movie. Like, we all had our predictions how it was going to go, and then after you see the first scene, you go, okay, yep. You know what I mean? Well, you don't know until you know. You know what know. impressed me you know? the most about the animation? The cat. 
The cat's gorgeous, yeah. But you like the cat. Now here's my problem with the opening, and I'm not even gonna. I don't care if this isn't in spoilers. I just need to talk about this right now. So we see a character in the beginning of this movie that we haven't seen in Toy Story three, and I thought this was gonna be explaining where this character went, but then they rescue the character, and then you, he's just not in Toy Story three. So what happened? Wait, well, who? RC. Uh-huh. What happened to this character? I don't even think he's in Toy Story uh, two. Nobody noticed that uh, Andy accidentally drove him off a cliff. And then Luca made a good point, too, where it's like, um, RC car, that's something that you'd play with once you outgrow playing with dolls, you know? Not you necessarily. You still drive around the RC What's your car. Problem, no, bro. What I happened had to an, RC? I had an that's RC what I'm car asking. when I was still playing with my Batman dolls, okay? Action, Action figures. figures. <laughs> I had big dolls. I had a big Batman doll. I had, yeah, we had those big we Justice had the big League ones. members. Yeah. Anyways, so Aquaman. Toy Story 4. I think it's a great... If if you view it as an epilogue to the Toy Story saga, I really hope that they don't make any more after this, but I think it's a great epilogue. Um, for a movie that really didn't need to be made, for it to be able to stand alongside the rest of the Toy Story movies is just impressive in and of itself. I applaud the director of this movie kind of stepping up and taking on... Toy Story of all things, you know, because taking butt, taking names, Nate. All the other ones kind of had some involvement with the Toy Story movies before they came in and directed it, and there was like rumblings of this being um, kind of written while Toy Story three was in production, so they were already kind of planning this kind of epilogue journey thing. Um, but yeah, all he all he directed was uh, the two Pixar shorts, and then he's like, I'm gonna jump on a Toy Story four, uh, the Inside Out one with Riley's first date. And then um, George and AJ. I haven't seen that one, but um, what's the one where it's like a bouncy like lamb? I think it's called Bounce. Is that Pixar? Yeah, that's my favorite one. I think it's before and Cars. They sh- and they shave him. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Pixar has good shorts, but um, yeah, the animation's gorgeous. I think looking at it. And I think maybe because the toys thing, I definitely noticed the lack of the rest of the toys. But since Woody's always been Toy Story for me and mm-hmm. really the only character that I truly like, I'm like, yeah, I want to see what happens to this character. And I think they do a very interesting thing with his story. I love the themes brought up in this movie. And I also liked how there wasn't a traditional villain. And it was just kind of an antagonist. and Misunderstood. Yeah. And it's just even jumping from Toy Story 3 to 4 where Toy Story 3 even looks great. Because Toy Story 2 clearly is better than Toy Story 1. Toy Story 1's rough, but it's because it's the first feature-length CG movie of all time. Right? So then we get Toy Story 2 where they make it better a little bit. Then Toy Story 3 is clearly Pixar's been veterans at this point. And then Toy Story 4, seeing how they even change some of the look of the toys, and it just it almost ventures into like some uncanny valley territory. Where the, they make Woody so that his head in this one is actually how his head would be where it's kind of like that see-through kind of mm. where you can crush it and stuff like that, where if you go back and watch the other movies, it looks it's like it's hard, but like that's never how Woody was. And just seeing it in this and how since they're so small, you see dust constantly flying in close-ups and stuff, just I, I don't understand how they even do it. But um, Very, like lots of time and skill. Yeah, they're masters. And then at the Correct. end of the movie, of course, you get a little touch in the feels. I think there's a lot of good emotional climaxes for some of the, like a lot of the characters in the movie. Um including Duke Kaboom, which is a great kind of moment. Um, but, yeah, overall, I loved it. I'd probably rank it 
slightly below Toy Story 2 on my rankings because it goes 3, 2, 4, and then 1 down at the bottom. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that it was as good as it was com- considering it's a movie that no one really wanted. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were going to go see a new Toy Story, but it's kind of like once Toy Story 3 hits you with that beautiful ending, it's kind of like, why w- why do we need this? And it's just an epilogue to one of the one of the most recognizable characters in modern film history. It it was it was great. It was great. great also, yeah, like you were saying, hilarious. There was moments where I was actually laughing, and it takes a it takes a lot for me to laugh out loud in a movie theater for some Forky reason. Forky was great. Forky, trash. What what an amazing. I love character. when he was combing. Such beautiful hair, and it's backwards. It's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's the one that got me to laugh out loud. I just love you know like how even at that point they're toys and they're. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> you were literally talking at the wall. And it was like, like, <laughs> well, even though like like the toy all the toys deal with kids and toys. stuff like that. They're pretty mature. Like the toys are for yeah, what they yeah. have to do. They have a job. But it's nice to see Forky bring that ignorance back into like how kids almost view life, yeah. except they don't say I'm trash. Okay. You want to jump into spoilers for a little bit? Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Talent Brothers Podcast. If you have not seen Toy Story 4, I'd recommend not listening to this next part of it. We're going to jump into spoilers. We're going to talk about the intricacies of the movie, uh, plot lines, plot points, the ending, all that sort of jazz. So we'll be back next week with um, hopefully another episode of the movie podcast, and we'll have a new a Dance with Dummies podcast coming out for you. So let's, final spoiler warning, let's jump in to some spoilers for Toy Story 4. What's some stuff that you want to touch on? For me, I wanted to say that I felt like Toy Story 3 did a great job ending Andy. And, and for Don't me, take this from me. This is what I've been saying. I'm going to take this from you because you told it to me and now you asked me what I feel, so I'm going to say it. I feel like and- <laughs> Toy Story 3 was a good ending for Andy. <laughs> but for me, that's a good ending for Toy Story. This is the ending for Woody. Nate, would you like to chime in? I mean, that's exactly what I said, um, where Toy Story 3 shows the ending, but now it's dealing with Woody, who's known as, known as the most loyal toy that there is, kind of dealing with the fact that um, he's not with his owner that he's been with for... 17 years or whatever and god no like it's kind of revealed in this movie and it was kind of revealed in toy story 2 as well that uh woody's kind of an old toy so you kind of wonder what his life was before andy because he was made in the or like there's like i still don't know how toys become alive because there was this moment where it's like you have bonnie's name written on your feet so that's why you're alive but then there's like Gabby Gabby's alive and she doesn't have an owner and stuff like that where it's like I'm not entirely sure how it works but I'm just going to roll We need an origin We need story. a prequel. I think it's all toys are alive. It's the rules. Okay. Yes. I agree. But what classifies a toy? Whatever a child because I think it's like the child's imagination mad. inhabits them almost, okay. right? Yeah. So it like gives them So life. why does so RC and I lo- RC is mm-hmm. like an interesting case where it's alive, but it only no speaking. It right? only speaks with its like motor, like going like, you know, and that's it's cute. It's like a dog. How come this like skunk RC car thing is dead? Well, they had to put it together with spare parts. Okay, so is that what like, they did? Yeah, yeah. Okay, is it a skunk carcass? They're playing it... God. I, that's what I turned to my girlfriend through the movie. Skunk? I said, did they murder a skunk and no, skin it? No, it's like a stuffed animal. Okay, that's not what I saw. Okay. Also, I loved – I'm just going to go through and rattle off some stuff that I love. The reveal of when it's showing Duke Kaboom 
and then it cuts and you see how small he is compared to everyone else because that's how big the toy would be because we've all had yeah. plenty of toys like that where I'm like, that's perfect because I, I thought they were going to make him some big. And then everyone can relate to seeing something on the commercial of like a toy and then you go to play with it. It literally sucks. <laughs> well, <hold on. laughs> yeah, he did was... go anywhere so his owner What was like, his away. kid's name? Uh, uh, Rajon or something Rajon. like that. <laughs> this is for you, Rajon. Oh, yeah. So then he's uh, he's doing the final jump. And I love when he pops the light bulb. So it's this big epic <laughs> thing and then it cuts away and it just goes, Dink! and you hear the light bulb chatter and he That's goes, good. and he hits his head on the top of the thing. Great. I Yeah, just seconding or seconding what you guys said about the ending. Um, it hit me hard when Woody and Buzz leave each other, and it oh. was really great. But I still like I the agree. ending to the third one a little bit better as a, the conclusion to the story. Like I understand this is Woody's end, but now for sure, this movie was excellent, way better than anybody thought it was going to be when they announced it. Do not make Toy Story five. I beg you, right? Do not make another one because we've had four great endings to great <laughs> movies, and. I just can't imagine that they would make a fifth one that could be... Yeah, now that Woody's kind of out of it, it's kind of like... Yeah. And I really wouldn't want to see Woody's story because it's kind of like you already showed us what it is and like the little credits kind of stingers right. and stuff so like that. So if they made a fifth one, would it be just Buzz and the gang with Bonnie? Would it be Woody and Bo Peep doing stuff? I think, I think it would be... If they made another one, it would be Buzz's end. Or like that toy, yeah, like those, the rest of those toys, and that would be the movie where you get a lot of those toys kind yeah. of living and kind of figuring out what to do or whatever. How great was Buzz's inner voice gag? I loved it. Dude. Some people really didn't like it, but I loved it. It made me laugh. Literally every time he hit the button, I couldn't. People wait. are saying they dumbed down Buzz a lot, but Buzz was always stupid. Wasn't he always like that's that? That's literally, literally the thing. an idiot. Every single movie gets brought back to. That's why you don't recognize it is because every single movie he gets brought back to like the buzz where it's he thinks that he's a space ranger every single one there's a moment where it's mm -hmm. you're not with the real buzz you're with space ranger buzz so this is the first movie where you get buzz the whole way through besides toy story 2 and even in toy story 2 it's like that except for like he, he kind of makes the plan to go get woody and everything so there's that but i love i love the inner voice he's thing. not stupid he just didn't he it's like he's a toy yeah so he couldn't comprehend exactly what woody meant and i love woody's a bit to when they're talking about it and he's all confused. and that kind of makes sense too because yeah. you see that woody's been around for like ever yeah where it's like but that also brings something where it's like okay so these these toys have conscience <laughs> don't just don't get into it but i love <laughs> i love when he's hitting his button when he can't figure out what to do at the end of the movie because they need bonnie to go yeah. get her bat back in from the antique store right and he's hitting, and he's like, what do I do? And it doesn't work. So then they go to put him in the thing, and he just yells out, her backpack's in the antique store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think he laughs so Yeah, much. it's like, can you shut up that toy? <laughs> yeah, that was oh, it's so good. And then um, the whole ducky bunny thing, when they're like the... When they attack the old lady. And then uh, they did that it again. Great. They did it again, and then I was like... Okay, yeah, that What's was still funny. Third one? And then the third one, I was like, oh, they're really going to do it again? But then it goes on for like five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and she goes home, right? She yeah. goes home, and then they get her there. And, and then, then they drop the key right in front of her. He goes, like, oh, how'd you get the key? Because I was like, oh, we missed them get the key. And I thought it was going to cut back to like their whole thing. Nope, she just puts it down right next to him. That's so good. It was great. And then um, Forky the whole time. Forky that brush great. thing, for some reason, that really got me. I don't even remember she, seeing that bit. It's just like, it's like Gabby Gabby's like <laughs> spilling her soul to Forky, right? And Forky's like fake brush, like he's like brushing her hair. And then after she's done, he's, it's like he wasn't even listening. He says, such beautiful hair. And it's like the brush is backwards. Like he's not even brushing. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> he's literally so good. Like the close-ups on his face and stuff. 
like with this. The ending is so good too. When it goes like this, it goes like, "I'm here to answer any questions that you have." And then she says, "Why am I alive?" And he goes like, "I have no idea." <laughs> <laughs> I really like just his beginning when yeah. he keeps jumping yeah, in the garbage like, can. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. It's not even that he's saying. I love how everyone's taking like he's saying that he's trash. It's just that trash makes him feel at home. Yeah. Because like these he other toys feel is. like they're at toy. Like, yeah. but he's like. <laughs> and then like the whole thing when Woody explains it and he's like I'm Bonnie's trash, trash. <laughs> but that 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 scene was great too that looks freaking gorgeous too it's mm-hmm. like they're shooting on like a macro lens or something that's yeah. how it looks yeah, where yeah. it's like crazy and then I love the whole slip up of him saying Andy instead of Bonnie Wait, I think when was that Woody gets like I don't know like it's when he's walking and he's talking about He's oh, talking to yeah, Forky yeah, about yeah. It. yeah and he says we need to get you back to Andy or whatever and then he's like who's Andy, Andy yeah, yeah. But who did the I, voice for Forky? Tony Hale, uh, Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd you'd recognize him if you saw him. But good, good job. What a I'll perfect job. like honestly, he talks like that too. So it's like a perfect voice for. Um, but I think Woody's journey and Woody's always been my favorite. It didn't make me cry at the end of this one, but um, I didn't either. And but it's I almost like, was there. I don't want to. Yeah, me too. And I don't want to say. Yep. I don't want to say that upset me because that's not true because I did think the ending was really good. Yeah. But it happens really fast. Like yeah, I, no. in Toy Story 3, I agree. it plays out longer, and then you get the montage of Andy and Bonnie playing with the toys together and the music's playing. This is just like, well, here we're at the end. And, give and, you a hug, and I, I notice exactly what it is because Toy Story 3, once the ending starts, there's no comedy. It's literally hitting the emotional mm-hmm. high of the scene. Where in this one, after the emotional climax of the movie, something funny happens, and it's like the mom gets back in the thing, and they got to retract the thing, and it's almost like they broke it up for – it's like, we just got to get this over with. So yeah. they broke it up for no reason. But I do love the, that final line where I, I thought it would even be perfect. Like, I was like, when Buzz was saying it, I was like, oh, that's perfect. And then it cuts to Woody, and he finishes it, and I was like – What they say? Where He says something about – it's just to infinity and beyond. But Buzz says to infinity, and then it hard cuts. And then Woody's like, and beyond. And then it's like as they're driving away from each other. That gets you a little bit. No. But then it like instantly I'm getting cuts. chills. Like, yeah. thinking it was it. good, but Gabby Gabby scene. Well, I don't know why. They, when that happened, that I was, was like, oh, that's cute. No, no. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, when the, oh, when the kid so finds her? Too? Or did you cry when she tries to make it with the other one? And oh, the girl looks brutal. at her and she goes, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would kill. Like, I it almost cried. It goes, I was like, like, it goes like, you can take her home. I knew it was coming, though. It was like, you can take her home if you want. And it's like. Nah, it's all right. <laughs> that hurt. that killed me. Uh, my girlfriend cried during the opening montage with Andy. When he oh, that playing. that was the closest I got when it was like all yep. the movies. When it goes through that and then they – because it's playing You Got a Friend yep. in Me. And that's what I wanted at the end was they needed to play the music and then have yeah. Woody and Buzz do it, and they didn't. But what – like honestly – But did they need to? Honestly, yes. great, honestly, great writing for that scene where he walks up and it's like – it's like she'll be okay, and then Woody's like, "Yeah, but." And then it's like, "No, Bonnie is gonna be okay. You can go. Like, this is where you have to be." I was like, "Oh," because I thought it was gonna be a whole disagreement thing and all this stuff. But Buzz understands. Buzz is his best friend till the end, till Fiddy and beyond. It was a good movie, man. It's a good movie. I I agree about Gabby Gabby like not being <laughs> what a stupid a name. Also, okay. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, hold on. We're not going to start talking bad about Gabby. No, Gabby, Gabby. Do you know who played her? Who? Christina Hendricks. Um, I don't know what else you guys would know her from. She's in Mad Men. Yeah, whatever. Um, but <laughs> in, like, 
Good they voice keep pull, yeah, they keep pulling these people to play these characters. That's like perfect. Did you guys like the dummies, the ventriloquist dummies? So here's my that, – that's what I was going to talk about. So they can't talk, right, which yeah. makes sense because they need someone. But then there would be times where they're whispering to Gabby Gabby. So is Gabby Gabby just making them say what she wants them to say? Oh, maybe. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, those are great, too. I love that scene, the first scene when they first get in there and they all keep coming out. And they're like, Also, they the way they animate everyone's run, like, and how they fit it perfectly to the type of toy that they are is, like, like how since Woody just has, like, the sewn-on arms – like how he runs and just flaps around. They don't try to make him look cool or anything. That's like, no, that's, that's how Woody would run. And like Buzz Bo Peep's very like mm-hmm. stiff when she runs too because she's porcelain. And then, yeah, Buzz has the r- joints and everything, so he can just do whatever he wants. It was, yeah, Ducky and Bunny, all the new characters are great. Forky's is definitely a highlight. I just think that it's a good epilogue to the perfect ending that they could have had. Or yeah. they try, yeah, no, you know, they try to have an emotional thing, and it's it is emotional. It's sad to see these two characters split up, but it's what had to happen, and it makes sense for the characters. So. Well, it's just like to me, it's like Toy Story three is a ten, Toy Story four is a nine. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yep. it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like man, that's just what I'm leave saying. It it's off like at the ten. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But it was still like I would recommend it to anybody. It's especially I'm like right it, there with you, Tyler. Score like score wise. Yep, I agree. I agree. That's it. Like that's the thing. Like. That's why it's this like Toy movie, Story 3 is a 10, Toy Story 2 is a like, 10. The thing is, this movie, after seeing it, deserved to be made. It was a great story, yeah. but personally, I would prefer that it ended with 3. Exactly. Or, yeah, like there's no – you can't say that this movie like it, like doesn't deserve to be made because it's a great story, directed well, animated well. It's like, yeah, that's a, if any movie deserves to be made, it's this movie. Yeah, it's unlike just Sicario. 2? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got one last Toy Story question for you before we wrap up. What's the saddest moment in the franchise? Saddest or saddest? Saddest is probably when not. I guess sad because the ending of Toy Story three is not sad. Yeah, emotional. I'll say emotional. Well, yeah, the ending of Toy Story three. It's pitch perfect to exactly. How about how? Because I have not. I have not rewatched Toy Story two in years. (laughs) That's what I was gonna say. When you say saddest, that's the saddest thing in Toy Story. Is it good still? Yeah. Does it slap? Yeah. Like, does it hurt? It freaking hurts. Because that's the first time that they really do that, and And they do it again for Lotso, and you're kind of like, okay. But it's not as good as Jesse. It's not as good as Jesse. Because Jesse's heartbroken. Lotso just snaps and goes insane. Yeah. Also, for some reason, I was thinking, you know, because everyone talks about how Pixar does the thing where they take a character that you think is a friend and they turn him into a a villain, like, at the very end of the movie. Because they do it in Toy Story 2, and I think that's probably the first one that they did it with. Um, but Toy Story 3, I always had that impression that that's how it was, was that Lotso turns in the third act or whatever. Nope. It's like at the start of the second act, he's like, oh, no, you guys don't understand your place here. It's like, oh, okay, so he's straight up the villain through the whole right thing, which I, which I appreciate, and I like that. As was Gabby Gabby. She was evil right away. Lotso was thick. Lotso dummy thick, smells like strawberries, baby. And we're done. <laughs> Anything else to add about Gabby Gabby, Nick? Really liked her character. I thought it was very well executed, beautiful animation. How did you feel about like the whole plot line of, like, I need to take your voice box? <laughs> I didn't mind that. Rough. <laughs> but I really like that Woody just gives up and then yeah. he's like, just take it. Yeah. You can have it. I've had my life with, with yeah. giving people and pl- love and you deserve to do it. I also love that scene too where she's like, I just I just want one of those moments. You had like a whole lifetime. Yeah, that one. Because then I'm like, wow, man, she makes like, a good argument. She and really I thought, does. It, she be- I was like, she better not snap she's like, and do Killmonger, something. dude. Anyway, I honestly was like, so what? Is Woody not going to be able to speak? But I was like, that doesn't make any sense. When, that, when, he, 
when he lost his voice box, I knew instantly that he was oh, no yeah. longer <laughs> he, returning. Yeah, he was. He didn't plan on returning. He just can't say. There's, There's a, a snake, snake in, in my, my boot. Somebody's poisoning the water hole. <laughs> I love his lines. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Talent Brothers Podcast. Had a great time jumping back into the whole uh, movie swing of things. Um, we have another A Dance with Dummies podcast coming out this week as well. Hell yeah. And we'll be back next week with another double whammy of these two. Thank you Hell guys so yeah. much for listening. Uh, that, that's all I got to say. I'm trash.